Greetings and welcome to The Pure Report. I'm your host, Rob Ludeman, and it is time to bring the orange with today's special guest, Mr. J.D. Wallace from the Pacific Northwest, one of our principal SEs. J.D., welcome to the program. Hey, thanks for having me, Rob. How are you doing? I am doing all right. It is a Friday and we are marching into the weekend. We were just talking about beer, which is always a good thing. You got any good beers planned for tonight? Oh man, I don't know. You know, we were just talking about um, uh, Pliny the Elder and I might see if I have a couple of those still stashed away and see if I can break one out. Yeah, the ones that you embargo up from here. I do. Sneak in your luggage. Back when we used to be able to travel. That's my uh, secret. Yeah, and hopefully we'll be able to travel again so we can see you down at campus. Hey, well, welcome. Um, we connected kind of when you joined a little while back just because you were a big fan of the podcast. Mm -hmm. And I love what our principal SEs do. And uh, and I'm not sure everybody knows what you all do out there and the, the immense benefit that you provide not only across the organization but as well for um, you know, for our customers and for our partners. And also you have a really great background. You spent time yeah. at Microsoft, at some storage startups and at Veeam. So I was hoping we could talk a little about what's going on in the app space, a little bit around data protection. And primarily we'll start with, you know, what you think about Pure. You're, you're newish. How long on board? Uh, what are your impressions and what, draw you, what drew you here? Yeah, I, I'm pretty new. I haven't been here that long at all. I started, uh, I started on Star Wars Day, actually, May the 4th, <laughs> nice. which, yeah, fun fact, the, uh, the exact same day that we released uh, Purity Flashblade 3. So, you know, it's a, it a good thing for me to remember there. But yeah, it's been, it's been a lot of fun. Um, you know, coming into it, there, there was some stuff I knew and some stuff I learned. I think one of the things that I knew and that kind of drew me in was really the the speed and the velocity of, of mm. what we're doing at Pure. You know, um, you know, like you said, I've got some experience with some storage startups, and you know, having that context and seeing that Pure was really on the cutting edge of things like um, NVMe and some of the workload mobility stuff we're doing with with CBS and some of those tools, and then you know, carving out an entire new uh, segment with fast file and object and flash and just. All of those different things we were doing and innovating in so many spaces was was really impressive to me. That that velocity kind of drew me in. Yeah, for you real technical guys having a lot of toys to play with, but also having oh, yeah. really, you know, you got toys to play with, but you also got a product and a set of technologies and features that support it that mm -hmm. have been validated and that customers love. That makes your job much easier, right? Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. What what did you not know? Like you knew about some of these things about what we were doing leading edge and um, you know, in the fast file and object and workload. What were, what were the things that were, what was a surprise? There's always one big thing when I talk to folks that are new on here that they go, I didn't know this. And it really stood out. Well, you know, I think everybody talks about customer focus and the, that they want to be customer first. And, you know, everybody talks about that from a marketing perspective. And I assumed pure was probably the same, but one of the things that I, that I realized when I got here is it's not just chest pounding, right? This is, something we take incredibly seriously. We mm -hmm. talk a lot about that NPS number and how important that is. But internally, we talk about that a lot too. And um, so, so I think having that true customer focus that's really wrapped around everything we do really kind of shines through for our customers. You know, I, there's a lot of fun stories we have here up here. Yeah. Um, there's one that, uh, that I heard early on about um, Cause testing the first install guide by actually having one of his kids go through it and try to set up uh, a flash array and it, stories like that just kind of tell me, Hey, this is, this is part of the culture and it has been from day one. Right. 
Yeah, and the fact that we stick with it, right? I mean, that business card install guide has not grown over time as the company's grown. I mean, we've grown, we've expanded, we've increased influence, and um, and at the same time, you can still figure out how to get a flash array up and going by something that fits in your wallet. That's the challenge, right? To to be able to continue to innovate and add new features, but keep that simplicity is is really a huge challenge, and it's it's one I think we've done a great job with. Yeah, I was corrected on the pod I did with Cause because I I dialed into simplicity and and he uh, he's like, well, yeah, it's simplicity, but really what I was going for was intuitive. It was very important to him that that <laughs> that he tuned that he tuned me to the word in, intuitive, um, which was kind of funny. So again, add that to that add that to that part of the story. Um, hey, take take me back. You kind of cut your teeth a little bit at Microsoft, and uh, I'm interested in you know, what kind of things that you did there um, and, and maybe individuals that, you know, you kind of, you kind of bumped into that you now are still working with. Sure, sure. So Microsoft is really kind of where I got my start in storage. Um, you know, I came on board, oh gosh, what, almost 15 years ago at Microsoft and, you know, kind of worked my way up through the ranks. Um, one of the for early things I did was was actually backups. So got a little early preview in the data protection space. But, you know, ultimately, I was really attracted to some of the cool stuff Microsoft was doing around storage. You know, mm. I worked specifically in developer division, which was responsible for Visual Studio and, and a lot of those developer tools. And we had a lot of storage that we were using to to support that and a, a lot of API driven work, um, a lot of you know, a lot of management for systems that it was several petabytes, which yeah, probably yeah. doesn't sound like a lot today, but 15, 15 years ago, 15 that was years multiple ago, that's systems. A, yeah, that's and, a decent chunk, Multiple right? buildings, you know, right, it was right. a lot to manage. And so, you know, I eventually got to, got to kind of take on that, that lead role and, and do a lot with the storage there. And you know, that was a lot of fun. Got to meet some cool people. So um, I think this was about the time Pure was being founded. So I, I didn't know about Pure Storage just quite yet. But I did actually get to meet someone who I think we all know pretty well, at least internally, and that's uh, our very own Stashka Lapera. Yeah, she's awesome. She's overdue to come on the program, by the way, too. I've been badgering her since we were at a show back in December, so yeah. maybe, maybe you can give her a little nudge. Although she lives out in the sticks, right? So it's kind of hard to find her. Actually, she's, she's not too far from me, so uh, maybe, okay. maybe, maybe I'll go knock on her door and we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll put a microphone in her face. Yeah, uh, no, I wouldn't awesome. do that to her. Yeah, but, um, but yeah, she was actually, uh, at the time, she was an SE for the, the storage vendor that I primarily used at Microsoft. And so, you know, she was a very early influence in, in that part of my career and a mentor for me. And ultimately was, I think, a big influence in me deciding to actually become uh, a pre-sales engineer and get into that space. And um, I actually ended up working for the same storage company that, that she worked for at the time. So. You know, I, I guess I, I probably owe a lot of my career trajectory to her and that early influence. So that took you to storage startups then, and not necessarily pure, but um, but others. And we don't have to name names, which is fine. But um, what was that like? That was kind of the you know in the 2012, 20 yeah. to 2018 timeframe. Um, but what did you see? I mean, it's very dynamic and we know a lot of these industries, they expand and contract, right? You've got a lot of startups and, and, and certainly flash brought that about and then things kind of, you know, aggregate and there's acquisitions and things, but, um, yeah. what, what'd you learn through that? What was, what stood out? What was interesting about the startup experience? I mean, it was a blast, right? So being a part of a startup and, you know, th there is no one job, right? Everybody kind of has to do what needs to be done to, to get the work done. And it's, it's really fun to be 
part of a small team that's kind of growing and trying to do something big. And, and I really had a blast doing that. And, and like you said, I got to, to meet a lot of great people in the industry. And some of those folks are Puritans now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tony Chang, uh, he's, he's our VP of engineering here at Pure. Uh, that, that was someone I met along that career path. Uh, Keith Hageman, one of our senior tech marketing engineers and another uh, big influencer and mentor kind of in my career path, both Puritans now. Um, but, uh, and, and yeah, and I was through that through some acquisitions, you know, uh, so, so different experiences, but, but ultimately the thing that I kind of came to realize was a lot of the companies that I w- had experiences with weren't, I felt like they weren't putting me on the forefront of technology. Hmm. So, you know, cloud kind of came out uh, as, as a big shift. Um, containerization came out as a big shift. Yeah, I felt like I was constantly having to compete with these new things, right? It's like, hey, you know, use our storage, don't go to the cloud. Yeah, or yeah. don't worry about containers because that's just ephemeral anyway. There's, there's no need for persistence. And, you know, that, that's really kind of what made me start to look around for something different. But, um, but up until that point, you know, I had, had a blast. Yeah, it's kind of, kind of old school, new school, right? And, yeah, totally. and, and, you know, sort of those you know, those that don't innovate are, are doomed to the dustbin of history, right, in technology. And, you know, sure. when these new things come out, you either embrace them and, and get on board. I mean, you can even look at Microsoft as that example, right? For as long as Microsoft held out from, you know, it, it blows me away that, you know, Linux is a thing, right? In, yeah. in the Microsoft who would have thought, right? Because who would have, yeah, who would have who thought that entirely um, was possible, uh, but I, I get where you're coming from. Um, and so then, you know, it's fun to track through what you've done because it'll set up some of the things we talk about a little later. But then uh, you kind of landed at Veeam where I think, you know, we see some parallels with, with what Pure does, right, in terms of, you know, embracing and, and seeing these technologies as co-op, maybe is the right word, you know, not necessarily competitive, but how do you integrate around them to add more value to your offering? Sure. There's, there's always going to be some level of competition and some level of cooperation, but, but ultimately, you know, what I saw that Veeam was doing that really excited me uh, about joining their team was, you know, they were finding ways to integrate. They were finding ways to go to their customers and say, Hey, this is not a competitive story. It's a, it's a yes and story. We can help you in that conversation. We can help you in that journey. Um, And, you know, I, I see a lot of similarities in pure, around not only that, but around that customer, um, that customer focus as well. Beam and Pure both really like to tell that NPS score and for good reason. I mean, they do a lot of work to make sure customers are, are not only satisfied with those products, but want to talk to their friends about it. And I think telling that story about yes and, yes, we can do this and work with some of those other alliances and ecosystems and, and changes that you've seen in the environment, that's what drives a lot of yeah, well, and it supports a, it supports a growing ecosystem, right? I mean, mm-hmm. I think you know, again, we know from the PC wars or or other you know other technological things that you may have tracked in the past that the that the more isolationist you are, eventually things get more challenging, and you and you kind of you know you kind of run out of um, you know of opportunities or of of you know possible new people to use your technology, but you know at the same time. Um, there still has to be innovation that, that comes about. And I think, yeah, you know, that's really what I think a lot of people see about Pure is that, that we're still driving to innovate, I'm just sitting on, you know, one thing. Yeah, we did, we did all flash and kind of did it a little bit more prominently maybe before, you know, others in the industry or the way that we did it in sort of a custom manner mattered. 
but we haven't we haven't sat back, right? We're we're continuing to move things forward around that. And that's I think that's one of the things that we talked about earlier that you're you're pretty yeah. excited about the culture here is the innovation. Yeah, we did that. Cool. What's next? Yeah, yeah. Completely. Um so that gets you to pure, and we kind of already covered, you know, what you what you love about here. Um, but I, I've always you know, and we had Andrew Miller on the program before, and I know he's, you know, a peer of yours, yep. but I always am curious, and I've worked with, with a lot of systems engineers throughout my career, but what, what do you guys actually do, <laughs> right? Um, I, again, I know you're in the field, and you're working yeah. with customers, and there's technical aspects to it, but that was one of the things I thought would be really interesting for insight for, for people that, that may not necessarily knew in the background, like, what does a principal systems engineer do? Because it's kind of a, another class, right? It's, it's a little different. The SE piece. Um, it's not, you know, necessarily joined at the hip with, with, you know, with an account exec. But um, what, what is that like? You, you know, it's a great question. It's it's one I actually had to ask myself when I uh, <laughs> when I applied for the job. I was like, cool, that sounds really exciting. Uh, what what is a PSE? Yeah, thinking um, back to like office space, right? What would you say you do <laughs> here, right? I mean, yeah. it's that kind of thing. Hundred percent. But. Um, you know, I think really kind of the main goal of a PSE or, or of our team is to really accelerate the communication and the collaboration that's going on between the engineers, you know, back at HQ that are building products and the, you know, the customers in the field that are actually putting these products, right? We're, we're there to kind of bridge that gap and make sure there's fluid, you know, conversation and collaboration going back. So, um, you know, there's a couple different ways we do it. Uh, one way is just meeting with a lot of customers. So my territory is pretty large. I cover Rocky Mountains West, uh, US. So, um, you know, meeting with a lot of different customers who are doing a lot of different things and kind of distilling all of that information down and, and bringing that back to product management and, and the development teams kind of share, hey, here, here's how people are actually using our products in the field and some of the things that they would like to see. Yeah, you know, that can be informal just through conversations and, and then it can be more formal through like the RFE process. Right, right. Yeah. But, um, but you know, it's, it's a two-way road. It's not just about, you know, kind of bringing that feedback to, to Pure. It's about bringing to the customers what we're thinking and what we're working on. So, you know, I also do a lot of work with, you know, EBCs and roadmap conversations, letting customers know where, where our head is and what we're thinking, kind of help them plan a little bit. Um, and, and then maybe at a bigger venue through, you know, some of the marketing events we do, going to like a, a VMUG and, and presenting on some of those sorts of things. So, you know, ultimately we want to ensure that the use cases and, and go-to-market go to market initiatives that we're working on really kind of match with what the customers expect. Yeah, yeah. No, I love the idea that you're a conduit, right? It's, sure. Which is, you know, really super important. It's really, it's it's challenging, right? I mean, yes, there are formalized processes, but for engineers who are making the decisions about what to design and where we're going to invest, there's a lot of information. There's a lot of noise, frankly, sure. right? So, you know, your ability to distill that down uh, in your role is great. But yeah, like you say, it is, it is a two-way street. Uh, and I think there's immense value. I've, I've seen, you know, the things that, that you and your peers do as far as, you know, even just having things like strategic and kind of architectural, you know, discussions with, with customers to really lay out the reality, right? And, and kind of be that trusted advisor, you know, not trying to sell a story, but really translating what you're actually seeing to help them go solve a problem. Well, absolutely. And it, it's, not, it's not only that, but also because we're talking to so many different customers and such a variety of 
you know, verticals and use cases, a lot of times it's, Hey, we've seen other people be successful yeah. trying it this way. Have you right. thought of that? And kind right. of yeah. those whiteboard conversations that can be a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a good perspective, right? That you see the commonalities, which can, which can, you know, span across verticals. We sometimes think the issues are unique to a specific vertical. And certainly there are those, right? When you get into compliance and healthcare and things that are in the financial sector, but you know, just the nuts and bolts of how to go deploy and do something successfully, you guys will see those things um, across industry, which brings me to one of the use cases because of your time, you know, in Veeam and that you got kind of involved in doing data protection when you're at Microsoft. Um, it's an interesting space, right? I, I feel like sometimes it, it gets pigeonholed into just like, what, are, what do backups do? Yeah. And it's really a lot more than that. And we, we've, we've tried it. You know, I've had Peter, people like Peter Iker on and, um, you know, others that do data protection in, in the company because it's really, it's a whole spectrum. But what, what is your perspective on, on what's going on? There's obviously room for innovation here, but uh, what else do you see for data protection that's interesting? Yeah, so I, I think data protection is kind of going through what storage went through maybe 10 or 15 years ago, right? So, you know, we there were a lot of companies, a lot of products that are kind of doing it away because it's always been done that way. And maybe yeah. it wasn't very exciting and it wasn't really responsive to customer needs, which is, you know, left that opening for, you know, some, some people to come in and, and think a little bit differently. Um, you know, backup also kind of gets a bad reputation. You know, it's, I think I mentioned when, when I was at Microsoft, one of the first things I did was I was responsible for backups. You know, that's, that's kind of what you give the new the new person to cut their teeth I, in, right? I used I used to work with a solution architect here at Pure, and 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 if he came from Oracle, and his joke was, you know, if you want to punish the new person, give them the backups, right? Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> but um, you know, unfortunately, that kind of it kind of leads into this cycle of attention and neglect with it with with backups. So something bad happens, I have to recover. You know, I get a lot of attention. It gets budget. You know, it's everything's great, and then over time, it just kind of falls off again. You know, you don't. Yeah you don't think about it when backups are happening, you don't really need it. And so you kind of have this, this cycle of attention and neglect that it can be kind of problematic. And um, I think ransomware is actually starting to change that landscape quite a bit though. So, you know, in the past, you know, re recovery was about, Oh, you know, I corrupted a VM. Let's go restore that VM. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, somebody <laughs> called and said, I lost a couple of emails. Can you get my emails back? And it, it was no big deal. But now right. with, ransom, with ransomware, you may have to, restore entire file systems. It's a yeah. completely different way of, of thinking about things. It's really causing us to, to evolve our thoughts on. on data. Yeah. And I think the other aspect, you know, ransomware has made it, um, you know, more thought provoking about what you need to do, but there's a whole notion of data reuse as well. Right. I mean, you're taking yeah. all these snaps or you're taking all these backups and they're just sitting there and what else could you be doing with that? Right. Since you have all that information. Well, and, and I think for a lot of the companies that have come along that are rethinking data protection, I, I think that's, you've got to have something that causes you to give it more attention. And I think data reuse has been kind of that key use case that has said, hey, if I, if I can find additional value in this cold backup data that's just sitting there not doing anything, if I can bring additional value to your business with that now you're more likely to give it more attention and you're more likely to maintain the budget for it. And so I think that's, that's been a real key way that, you know, especially some of these new newer vendors have, have made backups relevant again. Yeah. And at the same time, uh, you know, the need to recover quickly has not gone away. Right. I mean, you know, it's, 
it's great to have a bunch of backups, but it's really more about what you need when you need it as quickly as you need it uh, when something, you know, is challenging. And, and that's evolved a lot over time. I mean, my, my dad was, you know, storage guy at, at, at IBM and involved in tape and things like that. And right, you know, typical recovery on, on, on tape was, you know, hours, days kind of thing. Right. And now we're, now we're in the kind of world where, you know, it's, it's seconds or hours or minutes, right? I mean, that's, that's really the big thing about when we do MDE and fast matters here. Could your business actually survive long enough to go and retrieve those tapes, retrieve that data, get it back online, get it restored, however long that takes, your business be online that long or survive that amount of downtime? I don't know. I'm still waiting for the truck to pull up with all the tapes. <laughs> right? So when, when, when that truck gets here, then we'll put them in and then we'll, you know, we'll figure out how long that data comes back. No, I know. I, you know, absolutely. And again, technology has brought that on, right? So, I mean, it's kind of unfair at, at the time. Tape was great, you know, decades ago, right? I mean, that was, that was a really great, and there's still good benefits, you know, in it, right? If you want really low power and, you know, long, long time to, uh, to, to retain data, but uh, really, if, if you can be fast and do it at the right price point, um, it, it makes sense. Um, you came to Pure, because of our technology, what in the backup space, and let me expand it to the data protection space, um, is, is interesting for you to talk about, or what is innovative, right, that, that we're doing in this space for you? Well, I, I think specifically in the data protection space, we're actually kind of approaching it from a couple of different angles, which, which I think is really interesting. You know, we, we talked about that data reuse scenario, mm -hmm. right? So now if I, can, if I can reuse that data, I add more value to the business, I'm more likely to get more attention to that. Um, you know, that, that requires performance. We like to say if you're fast matters, right? Yeah. And, and that's absolutely true. If I'm going to take that data and actually bring it back for maybe a test dev environment or to do some deeper analytics on it. Um, you know, I've got to have, I've got to have it sitting on a backup repository that can actually handle the kind of load that I'm going to put on it. So mm -hmm. you know, that, that's changed our thought process for what kind of storage we're, we're, we're actually keeping our backups. on. And then the, the other one I think would be around, we, we call it rapid recovery. It's, you know, it's, it's really kind of come out of that, that need to be able to get a lot of data back quickly, you know, that goes back to, to ransomware. When yeah. I get compromised and I've got to bring back an entire you know, file system, entire swaths of data, you know, it, it matters how quickly I can get back. And, you know, we're doing a lot of work with Flashblade to, to be able to give the parallelism required to get lots of data back really quickly. And, and so we're approaching it from a couple different angles. And then, I, I, you know, I, it wouldn't be fair of me to leave out all of the native tools that we've built in as well, right? So, you know, I think everybody knows of, about our snapshots, uh, mm -hmm. incredibly efficient from a capacity perspective, very easy to use, low impact on the system. Um, but we've also built in the concept of uh, that, that these are self-defined. They don't have to just exist on that array. Yeah. You can actually move to another flash array or flash blade or, or even the cloud through Azure and through AWS. So being able to move those around and then um, you just had uh, you just had uh, a guest on recently who was talking about some of the new stuff in Flash Array Six. Yep. Now we're we're expanding our our replication technology with with Active DR. So we're doing a lot of stuff in our own right, but then we're also you know enabling those partners that we have 
um, to do more as well. Yeah, we can't do it alone without the the partners and the great partners integrations. And I mean, that's there's a long and storied history of of doing that. And well, you came from Veeam, right? So you know about the the integration capabilities that we've got there. But what, what are some what are some of your favorite uh, favorite partner integrations where where we play with others? So so I think my favorite thing to do. So I like to do demos, right? I, yeah. I was an SE for a long time. That's you know. Do a, do a demo. That's where you really get someone's attention. And my favorite thing to do would be to come in, customer maybe already has Pure. They've already been taking some Pure snapshots. We'll put Veeam in there. We'll, we'll install the Pure plugin for Veeam. And without doing anything else, right? They, they've not created a job. They've not set anything else up. This is, this is literally a, a brand new installation. Now I can see all those snapshots and I can restore from them just as if they were a Veeam backup. So I get... Yeah that instant VM recovery, I get that application level restore. So that plugin is incredibly powerful uh, for, for adding some more value on top of snapshots and, and the value they're already doing. Uh, that's probably the number one. Yeah, and I, you know, I, this comes up in a lot of different <clears throat> pods that I record with, with various folks, but you know, it's, it's the, the ability to integrate and the fact that we're kind of API based at, at the core mm -hmm. that just enables a number of, uh, of these things um, to, to actually, to actually go a um, little bit of news recently on, on SRM on, uh, on vSphere, right? It's another place that I think you, you, yeah. uh, you, you think is really interesting. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, ultimately our job is to, to wrap around the data, right? And we yeah. can, We've got a lot of tools to really efficiently move the data around, whether it's, whether it's um, you know, active through an active cluster or whether it's through a snapshot. Um, but ultimately, we depend on, you know, something higher in the stack to orchestrate that and to, you know, maybe re-IP or, or help with that failover, kind of know when to bring the applications up and what order to bring them up in. And some of the integrations we have with, with things like Site Recovery Manager, you know, really add a lot more power. Mm-hmm. We're going to move the data. We're going to do that very efficiently. Um, and then using those APIs, things like SRM can actually come in and orchestrate that and provide a lot of value on top of it. Yeah, because with increased automation comes simplicity, right? Another hallmark. You mentioned the fast matters earlier. Now we're getting into the, into the simple and smart part, which, uh, which I love. I love when we kind of flesh out MDE uh, throughout the, throughout the course of these things. Well, awesome. Great to get your perspectives on, uh, on what's going on with data protection in general, and also, you know, related to, um, to pure, um, you're in the great Northwest there. Um, what, what can you talk about relative to, you know, and you spent time at Microsoft. Um, what do you see as far as the interest in, you know, in Azure and, you know, that kind of adoption. I mean, I, you know, you read various things and of course there's a lot of hyperscalers out there, but um, seems like, you know, there's, there's a lot of really good buzz uh, around Azure and, and adoption in that space. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, ultimately the way I kind of like to think of it is it's, it's just another type of infrastructure, right? It's another set of building blocks, you know, in a traditional data center, we've got, you know, compute building blocks and storage building blocks that we put together to build a service. You know, Azure is very similar. It's just those, those blocks look a little bit different. And one of the things I think is really cool about what we're doing at Pure is, you know, of course, customers can go and, and, and use those building blocks and, and build on top of them natively. And, and that's fine. And a lot of people do. But they can also pull on, uh, pull from services 
that we as a, as a vendor add on top. And so, you know, I'm thinking about cloud block store here, and this is not just taking our operating system and, and shoving it into Azure, but it's mm-hmm. actually taking the different components that exist, bringing them together to build something that's kind of better than what we started with, you know, maybe in terms of additional reliability, you know, some additional data services, and then customers can then go and build on top of that as well. So, you know, I'm really excited about, you know, how we're working. I said early on, right, one of the things that drew me here was we're not competitive to the public cloud. We're actually very complementary. And so seeing some of the innovation we do there is really exciting. And then on the other side of that is, you know, Azure and AWS and, and that methodology has really changed customers' mindset and how they want to procure and, and pay for storage. Yeah. Uh, or, or anything, really. And, um, and I think we've embraced that. You know, pure as a service, um, giving customers the flexibility to actually consume, uh, consume storage as a service model based on their utilization, treating it kind of like a utility. You know, I think that's a great thing, you know, not only Pure, but the, the industry as a whole is, is kind of learning from the, the growth of Azure and some of those other cloud services. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it dovetails what's going on in non-related technology industries, right, with, with just the utility model. And, you know, mm-hmm. it's always fun when I have Paul Ferraro on to do something because he's got, you know, that really fun, you know, talk track just about, you know, the rise of utility models and, and consumption of things, um, you know, as a service, like, you know, a, a dumb example, but you don't buy textbooks generally anymore. When you go to school, you kind of rent them or use them for a period of time, right? I mean, there's things like that. And so this makes sense. Are, are you having more and more of those conversations, right? When you're, when you're actually in front, you know, in front of potential clients, customers, prospects, like, is that, is that one of the things they really want to talk about is, you know, tell us more about this new consumption model. Yeah, absolutely. Right. They've, they've built a lot of the other aspects of their business around it. And so, you know, tell me what you're doing here. Is it, you know, is it just a a, a lease with some fancy terms around it? And right. Yeah. Yeah. It actually getting, getting, let's dig into this and you know, what do you think your projected utilization will be? Let's map that out. Let's show you how you can actually de-risk your spend in storage by, by consuming in a different way. We can adjust with you. It's a huge topic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's great. It's a true utility and not some, you know, financial, financial shenanigans, um, you know, as I, as I might like to say. Well, we've been rolling a little bit here. So um, I'll just say if there's any, anything else that you want to uh, plug or point people to, to, uh, to learn more about you. And this was a blast, by the way, I'm going to have you on have you on quite a bit because just anybody that has good diversity and depth and all these different fun topics and is easy to talk to is a, is a fun guest on the Pure Report here. But anything else you want to plug? Well, hey, no, I look forward to it. I'm, I'm really glad that you invited me on. It's been great talking to you, Rob. Um, you know, I, I write things on the internet. So, you know, you can find me on Twitter. I'm at JD Wallace and I've got a little blog as well, jdwallace.com. So check those out. I, I write some things about, you know, Pure and some other, other things in the industry. So give it a look. And uh, thanks again for having me on. No, it was a blast. Yeah, you are welcome for that. And I definitely recommend a follow on Twitter. He is a good, he, 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 he's a fun follow. And it's not just, you know, it's not just technologically stuff. There's a lot of other fun things that he pops out there that are either thought provoking or, uh, or humorous in its own right. So a great follow there. Thanks JD for coming on the program. Loved 
um, chatting with you and we will do it again soon. Uh, thanks everybody for, uh, for listening, for telling a colleague and uh, keep sending in your feedback on the program. We will keep bringing out episodes and great guests like J.D. Wallace here. And with that, we'll go ahead and wrap for Pure Storage and J.D. Wallace. It is Rob Ludeman saying, don't look back, something might be gaining on you. <laughs>